Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. My name is Toy. I'm a compulsive overeater, um, and it's so great. Thank you, Jack, for asking me um, to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, it's funny. July is a, a really interesting month for me. Um, July 2nd, 1986, I walked into my first OA meeting. Um, I had called someone to ask him uh, to speak to his roommate, and he said, wow, I, I know your mom, and I, I – you know, I know, I know that you've lost a lot of weight recently, and um, I'm going to an over-ears anonymous meeting, and, you know, you could come with me. And I thought, yeah, no. I'm really not um, – no, I'm really busy for the rest of my life and yours. Thank you very much. Um, and he continued to press me to go to this meeting. And so I went with him to this meeting, and I remember walking into this meeting. And for those of you in Los Angeles, you will probably remember this meeting – um, it was in the Temple Beth Am, uh basement. Um, it was all orange. That is all I remember of this meeting. And it was set up for bingo. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to play bingo for an hour. And I'm certainly, you know. Now, I knew it was an OA meeting, and I knew everything that was going on. Um, but I, I just wasn't really – I was going there because I was trying to people please him. Um, and so that was my first OA meeting. And I remember saying, I don't want to stay here. Um, I, I just, I had lost 75 pounds at that point on my own, um, white knuckling it one more time. Um, uh, and so I thought if I could just figure out how to do it again, um, I could, I would be okay. Um, and I remember a woman walking up to me at the meeting and she said, I don't know what you're doing here. You're thin. And I said, well, she's the smartest person in the room. Um, and I said, uh, I'm out. And I turned to leave. Um, in this hideous room, and I went, I have nowhere else. I, I felt this overwhelming feeling that said, you have nowhere else to go. Um, and at that point, um, you know, I had been, let's see, uh, my top weight, um, hopefully, is over 200 pounds, um, a size 40-inch waist, and um, I come from eating a box of dry brown eggs with a spoon. Shh, sorry, I have dogs. <laughs> Um, and they're, they're like, why are you home and not paying attention to us? Um, and so, you know, so eating a box of dry running with a mixed with a spoon is not easy. You know, you have, there's a lot of technique and skill for those of you who don't know. Um, and I talk a lot about food and I'm sorry, this is over here's anonymous and I know it's not about food and it is about food and it's not about food. We could have that discussion for a long time, but for me, I have to remember what it was like and what it was like was that um, I ate dry brownie mix with a spoon, no water, thank you very much, because that's just for wimps. Um, you just have to learn how to breathe, because if you don't, you suck in the air at the wrong time, and there is a puff of brown smoke all over the place, and you nearly choke to death. So, And that's what I came from, um, having to do that on a day-to-day -day basis um, so that I could take the edge off. That's what I wanted to do, was take the edge off. It was very important for me to be able to breathe um, through whatever was going through in my life. 
whether it was dressing for gym when I was, um, you know, in my teens to whether it was um, uh, just dealing with my own sexuality, whether it was dealing with my parents that were, you know, kind of in a way famous in their 12-step programs and I didn't have any friends. If it was whatever it was, I had to take the edge off. That's all I wanted to do with food. Um, and it was my friend. It was my confidant. It was my lover. It was my, um, you know, everything. And I stole. I snuck. I I lied. I cheated. I did everything I could do um, to get my fix, which was chocolate, really. Um, peanut butter was also a problem, but, you know, it was a lesser degree. Chocolate really was my major thing. Um, and so, you know, I I grew up um, with a... Uh, a mother who got sober when I was seven. I don't really know anything about how, you know, all that happened. Um, I had a different mother than my sister did. Um, so she was different to me. She was like a movie star. Um, I had a stepfather who wanted me to be um, the epitome of a jock um, and a car mechanic. Those were the two things he thought that I should do in my life. Um, I would venture to say if you talk to me for a few minutes, you'd realize that that's probably not what I did with my life. Um, no. Uh, I never wanted to change a spark plug, and I didn't know why they were in there. And I thought, as long as you had the AAA card, everything was good, really. Um, so no, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do any of that, and I certainly did not want to catch a ball. That just did not fascinate me at all. So um, there was a lot of tension in our house, and so I ate over, you know, that relationship. And I, ate, you know, so there was a lot. So I ate and I ate. And ate. Um, so once I got. Uh, once I did that white knuckling and I got to Overs Anonymous, um, that very first meeting, um, I remember the person that got me to the meeting, he became my first sponsor, and he said, um, you know, I, I want you to call me every day. And I was 21, just about, just about 21 years old, and I said, I have nothing to say to you every day, really. Um, I'm young and I have things to do and I really, I don't really have anything to say. He goes, well, I want you to call and report the weather. So I did. I would call him and say, you know, it's 6.30 and it's, uh, I don't know, 68 degrees outside and I, and I would hang, hang up the phone. So very quickly I was fired by my first sponsor. Um, and, um, because I just did not want to work the program. I would memorize all the prayers. I just wasn't ready. Um, and I remember my spiritual experience came after I was in Overeaters Anonymous for about, oh, I would say, nine months. I had taken all the chips. I had said everything you were supposed to say. I was, you know, I thought I was hips looking cool because, you know, I knew what my mother did. And so I could just kind of emulate that. And I was very sarcastic. I was very, I know you would never think that of me, actually. Um, I was very sarcastic, very um, opinionated. Another thing that I don't know, would never come up as a character defect. Um, and uh, I remember driving in my car, and I was so angry. And, and people like Carl drove me crazy. Love you to death. But he drove me crazy because he was so spiritual. So spiritual. No, no, no. God this and God that. And, uh, yeah, whatever. And so, you know, I thought, I don't understand all these people. And I said, okay, so if there is a God, I want, I want, a, I want some kind of sign. And I was driving along Washington Boulevard in Culver City, and... I, you know, stopped my car at the light, and I kid you not, this happened. I, I will remember this to the day that I, uh, meeting directory slid out from under my car seat, you know, in the passenger seat. And I said, okay, not good enough. I want a meeting to be right here, right now, where I am. So I was on Washington Boulevard. I was 
by the Department of Motor Vehicles, and right across the street was the Clara Foundation. And wouldn't you know, there was a 12 o'clock meeting right then. Okay, you got my attention. So I went, and I think at that point, I was tired of doing it Tony's way one more time, thinking I could, you know, find a way, you know, do another diet. Um, I had done all those diets that we, that, you know, they talk about. I had, you know, done the two meals and, you know, two shakes and one meal, except then I borrowed meals from other days, and I'm really not good at math, so I got very confused, and I didn't know what days I had borrowed meals from, and it was very confusing. So I just, I always found, tried a way to lie about that, Um, and so I was just ready, and I heard the steps for me um, for the very first time. Um, I heard the traditions. Um, Was I completely ready? Um, No, because what I did then is I, you know, I, I watched at meetings and I realized that, you know, they really weren't doing this right. They needed some leadership here. They needed some real strong leadership because they, they were screwing this stuff up, really. And I knew that I could do this. So then I got it into my head that I needed to get on this board of directors. They had a board of directors. I thought, there's where the power is. There's where decisions are going to be made. We can change meeting formats and we can get this all done. So I, I found a, a new sponsor who actually was probably smarter, I'm sure. Um, I know he's smarter than I am. And he decided that he would, you know, he would work with me. And so I needed him because I needed to get my, my inventory done. And so he said, okay, I want you to work on your inventory. Now, I delayed this inventory for months and months and months. And he would check in with me and say, how's it going? And I said, that's great. I'm writing lots. And, you know, he, he really expected the great American novel and I finally met with him, and it was a paragraph. Um, and he said, no, 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 baby, that's not how we do this. So he proceeded um, to pull my inventory out of me verbally. Um, and all the people I resented, my stepfather, my blah, 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 everything. And, and, and so once I did that and I got through my fifth step, I, his usefulness to me was done. I could now get on the board because that was really the only reason I needed all that. So then I got on the board, and I just kind of drifted away from him, and I sponsored myself for the next 15 years. And for any of you that might have done that or thinking of doing that, let me just tell you that's not really the way to go. You, I got a lot of, you know, my own advice, but it really didn't do very much. Now, I stayed absent by the grace of God. I just kept coming to meetings and doing service. That's all I did. Um, and I worked the program to the best of my ability. Um, fast forward, he found me again coming out of a meeting um, and said, I think I need to sponsor you again. Um, He's been my sponsor since again, um, and he knows me better than I know myself. Um, So that um, kind of, I stayed with that for many, many years. And then five years ago, I moved, um, I got it in my head that I wanted to move to Wisconsin. Why? Who knows? But I have family here. That's really why. And I wanted to move to, you know, because I guess there's just not enough cheese in Los Angeles. I don't know. Um, and so I, I decided to move here. I, um, you know, all the stars aligned. God said, okay, it's time. You can go. I'll give, I'll, you know, and I was able to retire with full medical vision and dental for the rest of my life. Um, and I embarked on a new journey here in Wisconsin. Uh, for those of you that have ever heard the, people wailing that move away from Los Angeles and then say, you just don't know how good you have it there. You just don't know how good you have it there. Um, There are four meetings in my area. Um, Two of them um, don't usually meet very often. And 
um, I think the longest absence we have in um, my group is mine. Um, and most of them have, you know, maybe a few years. And it's and it's not bad. It's just that I need, you know, I really miss the the LA meetings, um, and I miss the camaraderie. Now, the, you know, thank God for Zoom. Zoom has really helped um, tremendously in the last um, year because that has been a godsend for those of us that have moved away and come back um, to Zoom meetings um, with the LA intergroup and and life and meetings like that. It's been incredible. Um, how I stay abstinent today is, um, you know, imperfectly. Um, I wish I could tell you that every day I get up and, you know, I'm kind of like Snow White and I flitter from room to room and pull the curtains back and sing and the birds are out and that's not my experience. Um, it's cold here. It's very cold here. Um, it's also very hot here. Like today was 92 and the humidity was 902. Um, and the mosquitoes are 5 million and two for every one person. So, yeah, that's that's life in Wisconsin right around now, and it'll stay that way until, you know, probably December, it seems like. Um, so, but I go to meetings. We have uh, meetings here. I go to the ones that we have. I, I try to go to Saturday and Sunday Zoom meetings um, as much as I can, um, and I just do the best I can. So um, I get up every morning. I say my prayers. I thank God for the absence that I have. Um what is my absence today? My absence is, you know, sometimes three meals, sometimes it's more, depending upon my schedule. I work, um, for now, I work for an assisted living, um, so my schedule is really crazy. Sometimes it's, you know, 12-hour days, sometimes it's, you know, whatever. And um, I almost didn't make it tonight because they decided that, oh, well, we need you to do a transport for a resident right now. And I'm like, no, I have a, I have a commitment. So, um and it's my birthday tonight. So I said, well, I kind of used the birthday excuse. I said, well, it's my natal birthday tonight. I'm 56 years old. And um, so I was able to at least leave on time. But um, so my absence is uh, three meals a day. Um, if I have a snack, I have one. I don't make a big deal about it. Um, I don't eat um, cookies, cake, candy, ice cream, any of that stuff. I haven't eaten that for um, 20 of my 35 years. And I will tell you for those, for, for, um, the newcomers, um, my absence didn't start out the way it is now. My absence started out, what I heard at a meeting was three meals a day, nothing in between, and no second trips to the buffet bar. And I went, well, that's easy. I could do that. And so that's what I did for the, for probably the first several years in my recovery. Until one day I said to my sponsor, I said, yeah, you know, this recreational sugar thing, this like, you know, cookies and stuff like that. I don't know if it's maybe it's a problem. You should never, ever, ever say to your sponsor that you think something might be a problem. Because the next words that you'll hear is, well, why don't we try giving it up? Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Three minutes. So I did. Thanks. Thanks. So I, I, I did for a day at a time, and then it was a week at a time, and then it was 30 days, and then it was, you know, another month. And then before you know it, it was like, well, let's put it on our, you know, our list. Um, and he always told me to write my absence in the inside cover of my big book because I would always know if I had broken it or not. Um, and so that's what I've done. Um, so I give service when I can. This is the first time that I've spoken at a meeting since um, I believe I left 
Los Angeles. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just the way it's worked out. Um, but I do love OA. Um, I love all my, um, camaraderie and all my friends in Los Angeles and, and beyond. Um, all, a lot of us have scattered, um, from LA, but we, this Zoom has really brought us all back together. So I'm really grateful. Um, so Jack, brother Jack and Carl and all my little, um, I guess cousins and, and all that, that we're all connected through, um, sponsors. Um, thank you so much for, for continuing to love me when I couldn't love myself. Um, and, uh, I'm very grateful. So thank you for letting me share.